Blog Talk Radio. Psychic lunatic, 
like some of us are, <laughs> but her by her friends and family. So she decided uh, not to tell anybody. Um, so she told no one about her new skills and insights, and said, to set, "I'm sorry." Instead, she decided uh, to search proof of life after death uh, before going public. Through a series of life-changing events and exhaustive research, Sandra now feels that she can finally share this truth with the world. She says our souls really do survive death, which, of course, you know, Melissa and I talk about that on the show with many of our people and authors also. And since that time, Sandra has uh, courageously shared her journey with others. She's gathered the evidence, stories, and experience that convince anyone, including a skeptic like herself, that we don't die. Her goal is to help people know within themselves that their own souls are eternal and their deceased loved ones are in heaven, heaven and loving them. Sandra is a highly respected speaker, author, and entrepreneur uh, committed to making a difference to the lives of others. She's a graduate of Culinary Institute of America, and at 25 years old, she opened Kent Coffee and Chocolate Company, where she's the owner located in Kenton, Connecticut. Since 1986, she chefed for world-class race car teams in the American Le Mans Series and Grand Am Series. She and her mother, Marion, own Marion's Hospitality, and together they provide delicious, nurturing meals to hardworking mechanics, drivers, and service people on race car tours around the country. Sandra is also the co-host of, well, I didn't know about this, Diamonds in Your Own Backyard, we'll talk to her about that, uh, and a radio show that empowers entrepreneurs. And you can go to her www.travisandsandra.com for more information to listen to the show. Sandra lives in Byfield, Massachusetts, and of course, I was on her show. Like I said, we don't do uh, we don't die radio a couple of weeks ago. It's a fantastic show, and we're going to be talking about her show and her book tonight. So I hope you're ready because I'm going to be bringing Sandra on the air now, and then Melissa. Okay, hold on, please. Hi, Sandra. Hello, Peggy. How are you? A little tongue-tied tonight. I'm a little under the weather. a <laughs> <Bad>, rough night. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And listening to the introduction, I thought, oh, geez, I forgot to cough. I'm, I'm no longer doing that radio show with Travis. I helped him start it. And as a special oh, guest, by, okay. by, by starting that, I knew how to start my own, which you were a guest uh-uh. on. So. Right. Oh. Yes. Thank you, but for the way. By the way, because everybody loved it, and I listen to practically all your shows now. I mean, I the archives are phenomenal. You've had some major people on your shows. I um, know, and I'm addicted I've, to doing it. Yeah, I, you know what? Me too. Ditto. Actually, tonight, if mm-hmm. you were not, I would have canceled. My son is very ill with pneumonia right now. Um, oh, down in I'm North sorry. Carolina. Yeah, I've had a pretty rough couple of days. Well, he's had a pretty rough week, but him and his wife, they both ended up at the hospital yesterday. I didn't know if I was going to have to fly out of here. And I don't fly. And being that I have MS, I, I probably couldn't be around them anyhow. So we're, I've got the clo- phone close by, and uh, they're on the meds now. But uh, I just want to send out prayers from myself, of course, and my listeners for my son Donald and Dana. Um, it was yeah. a pretty rough 24 hours. So I'm a little under yeah, the weather myself. Perfect. I didn't get much sleep. So, But anyhow, I'm going to yeah. um, bring on my co-host, Melissa, introduce you to Melissa. And then okay. we're going to hear all about you, your books, your life. Um, I, I gave a briefing on your bio. Um, we'll take out yes. the parts that are no longer. <laughs> and um, no, let's okay. bring Melissa. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, hold on. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Peggy. Who are you? 
Uh, Hi, Melissa. <laughs> Hi. Melissa, this Hi. is Sandra. She she wrote the book, uh, We Don't Die, and I was on her show, uh, was it last Thursday? A week ago? I can't even remember. I'm so tired right yeah, now. Yeah, it went by so fast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Melissa, I don't know if you know your cousin Donnie's very ill, so this has uh, been a tough, tough week. So I don't he, know if Dad told What's wrong you with not. him? He's got pneumonia, fluid in the oh, lungs, and is he so okay? Dana, they, obviously not. No, he's not. But we'll talk about Aww. that later. So I was kind of, kind of stopped the show, but um, Sandra's on. I, I went with it. You know, I can't do anything right now. Um, just prayers. I'm asking everybody, but. I want to talk to Sandra about her book, her life, um, how it all began. So let her let let her talk, okay? Sandra, okay. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, childhood, what was it like, and from there, and your fear of death. Sure, and I really think we can even do this show in honor of your son, and that everybody listening. There's so many people, um, Peggy and Melissa, with fears, suffering with all of that. That everybody listening gets something for their life, like a new opening, and then lots mm-hmm. of prayers are sent to your son and his family. So, Thank you. My childhood, Thank you. you asked. You're welcome. Yep. My childhood was great. I have what I thought were normal parents. I loved being a kid. It's funny, I never wanted to grow up because I thought bad things would happen. As a Who woman, does? I, believed in, <laughs> I believed in magic. I loved watching mm-hmm. Bewitched the TV show, and I would imagine that I could run and that I could fly. And then right. somehow that all got shut down. Um, right. Do you have any little listeners to this show, Peggy? Um, no, we're <laughs> unplugged can... on, on Sandra. I'm Howard Stern, as I say, right, Melissa? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah well, you can whole... say whatever you want here. You know, I mean, okay, well, you know, clean, pretty much clean, but just you know, just, you know, my show's about being yourself because we're real, you know. So that's what well, I want everybody comfortable. I'll say it this way: when I found out okay. about Santa Claus, how about that? Oh, okay. Oh, that, that that's when not bad. I found okay. out about Santa Claus, it was the first time uh, I felt something I believed in, really believed in, and really trusted. Mm-hmm. Found out that wasn't true. And oh my gosh! Really? Oh no! You just hurt my feeling. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, it was. One I'm of the, joking. All of us. I know. I no, know. she's not. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't all know until right now. However, you know, if we fast forward to where I am now, I know magic is real. So it might not be on yes, a sleigh delivering presents, but there's this whole world that. It's so far beyond, I think, what we can even imagine. But growing up, mm-hmm. I think I had a normal childhood. My parents raised us Catholic, uh, went to church on Sundays, um, never heard too much about the afterlife or spiritual stuff. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, I remember being a young person, and there was a woman who claimed to be a medium that lived nearby. And I just right. remembered hearing like oh she's a lunatic none of that's real you know Mm -hmm. all that stuff's false so somewhere deep inside i just believed that anybody who even believed in the psychic and medium world i mean they're nuts right i mean exactly the people still believe that (laughs) you know that's the reason i never came out you know what yeah yeah i was always one of those people though i mean i i was really one of those people. I love to read, and I remember going through Barnes & Nobles and, um, 
you know, I'd see that gigantic spiritual New Age section, and I would yeah. just laugh. I was so opinionated. I'm like, these people need to get a life. None of that's real. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was real for me. I mean, it's it's none of that's real. You know, it's you can't prove it. And I, if anybody, I'm I, still in a, a lot of the New that, Age stuff. I'm still not agreeing on that stuff. I just want to yeah. make that clear on my show. I'm, we get these gifts from the Lord. And uh, we have a fellow that comes on who's a Baptist deacon, which I talked to you about, and uh, he explains mm-hmm. the difference from there's, there are dark energy. There is dark energy in this world, and some people do practice it, and they, they come as the light, but they're not. So you've got to be kind of careful. So I just wanted to let yeah, people but, know that. But that. Yes, but with that whole world, I was just anti any of it. And it really took me, mm-hmm. like, I, not a hundred zillion years would I think I'd be the one to write this book, because... You know, I knew, I mean, I, I had faith in life after death mm-hmm. as far as religion. But when it came right down to it, I woke up one day, and it was in 1996. It all just kind of came to a head, looking up at the at the sky, you know, at night when you see all the stars and the vastness of the universe. Right. And just started asking myself, you know, what is it all about? Who am I? What is my life for? What happens when I mm-hmm. die? reason it got so under my skin when I went to bed at night I was literally frightened of dying not that I was sick but I couldn't mm-hmm. handle not knowing what happens after we die and I, and I just I mean it was a heavy duty real real fear that last I wonder how many actually, people experience that because I I too had that fear as a child I used to have panic attacks because of it and I think my mother used to, yeah, my mom used to say to me, uh, you know, you weren't afraid of being born, so why be afraid to die? And I'm like, okay, what's that supposed to mean? You know? well, but, that don't uh, make sense. And people would even say, you know, you trust in Jesus and you trust in God, right? Well, just trust in an, mm-hmm. a, you know, an afterlife and that heaven's real. And I just couldn't. Yep. It was a great idea, but I couldn't force myself to believe in such a way that the fear would go away. So very secretly, I just started mm-hmm. this little exploration into right. is, does anybody, like somebody on this planet must know for sure what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an right. answer for everything, you know. Um, and right. my parents were always, they gave every, you know, taught us to search things. And, you know, there's plenty of books out there. And I really thought that somehow, somewhere mm-hmm. I could find it. And so I right. started with world religions, and to be honest with you, it, it, all the different religions, most of them talk about an afterlife, but again, there was no proof. Concrete and at that point, right. I decided, well, you know, if I can just be the best person I can be, um, mm-hmm. I should have nothing to worry about. Because I really, at that point, couldn't find any proof. And so mm-hmm. I thought... I, stopped my journey but lo and behold I met this wonderful woman at a seminar and we became quickly became best friends and um, really liked her a lot her name was Nancy but the only thing I didn't like about is she talked about the angels and you know that new age stuff that I hated so much yeah 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 sweet Nancy gave me um, what's called angel cards. So I don't know if you're familiar with them. I um, read. Well, that's how I started. I started reading angel oh. cards because I thought I needed them during virtues. And, correct. Um, well, mm-hmm. Yep. 
Well, that's that's what I got. She gave me a deck of those, and you know, I, I do travel with race car teams, and I'm a chef, and I work crazy hours, mm-hmm. usually eight hours a day on my feet, and just for entertainment purpose alone, I every mm-hmm. day I pull up, you know, a couple cards, and right. um, and I started having these really weird coincidences with the cards, like I'd shuffle and pull out four, and you know, those four had meaning to my life, but I just justified that any four would have meaning for my life. Right, well, then right. I, yeah. and then Your I phone is going more. in and out. I'm, I don't know. Um, you know, t- tonight I'm doing the show a little different. I'm back on the phone doing it, which I found was a problem with my show the past couple ones. But are you on speaker or? I'm just on regular. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. It seems to be fading in now. I just want everybody to be able to hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, that's all right. I, I don't know what else to do to... That's okay. No, no, it's definitely not the show tonight because I found out what the problem was. So. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, you let me know if it's if it's not sounding better, I can call back in. That's okay. No, it sounds okay now. It's kind of fading in now, but I, I really I think you have an interesting story, and I want everybody. I don't want anybody to miss a word of it. Okay. All right. Well, then we're going to go for it. And in case of technical okay. difficulty. You tell me. Well, what well, you know? So I had a <laughs> card, and lo and behold, one of the cards I kept getting, and I mean kept getting, seven days in a row I pulled out one card, and it was exactly the same card, and it was really? the music card. Yeah, very mm-hmm. strange. So wow. I was not one to normally listen to music while I worked, but I said, I don't put on the radio. Well, as weird as this is, I would hear a song in my mind, and then that song would be the next song on the radio. Wow. And it kept happening over and over. And then I'm starting, you know, because my mind's playing tricks with me. The DJ must have said the name of the song, and mm-hmm. that's how I knew it. Then I turned off the radio, and I'd make a list of songs, and then sure enough, I'd turn on the radio, and those songs would play. So wow. at that point, Peggy, all of a sudden, I had this inkling that there's more to me than meets the eye because I didn't yeah. believe in psychic, I didn't believe in intuition, none of that. But there was something, mm-hmm. something going on here. Long right. story short, that had me start research. Who the heck is this Doreen Virtue that has these angel cards? And mm-hmm. I went to her website, and she offered a three-day course in mediumship. By the mm-hmm. end of three days you'll be someone who can accurately tell the deceased around others. Now, the skeptic mm-hmm. inside of me, because the name of my book is <laughs> We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Right. Skeptic inside of me thought, there's, there's no way somebody could teach me how to talk to dead people. I mean, come on. However, right. remember, underneath it all, I had that intense fear of dying. And so, very secretly, I flew to Laguna Beach, California, and took a weekend course in mediumship. And right. as God is my witness, I never in a million years thought I'd tell anybody that I attended that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought people were weird that were into that stuff, and I certainly didn't want to lose any family or friends by having people know. But what and that I was what, share is, or how long ago was this? Two thousand in four or five, something like that. Okay. Uh, about ten years ago. So, okay. what happened is, I'm greeted by well, it might have been twenty of us in the classroom, and Doreen was a very nice lady, dressed mm-hmm. in a long gown, very angelic. You know, so my first 
thought was, oh, what's a bunch of weirdos, you know, that kind of thing. But she was very nice, and she gave kind of an overview of um, when we die, that we are spirits or souls, that heaven, we can communicate with our deceased loved ones, that they truly Mm -hmm. are a thought way, and the way to connect with them as a medium is you quiet your mind, and you can have a conversation as if the person was right here. And so she says, in a medium training, she said, I want to show you how it's done, but we're not really going to do it. But I'm going to just, we're going to play make-believe for a while. So she says, okay. everybody grab a partner. <clears throat> okay. So I grab this, this woman's hand. She says, I want you to sit down, knee to knee, pick one of you guys goes first. Okay, I'll, I'll go first. She says, with your imagination, I want you to just invent that there's a person standing behind your partner. And she says, just like talking to alive people, you say, hi, my name is Sandra. This is all done in your mind, not out loud. You say, would you like to talk to me? Is there a message that you want to give for this person? And she says, all you have to do is tell the images that come to your mind or any messages. Sometimes we see things. Sometimes we hear things. Sometimes we feel things. But as far as this exercise, she says, you know, just make somebody up and we'll just play And you have to connect heart to heart. We had to imagine that there's an energy connecting our hearts and it was a safe space. And we said a prayer beforehand. Uh, And so because I went first, I I thought I was making this up. I I tell my partner, I had my eyes closed, um, I said, I see a man in front of me. Uh, He's got blonde hair and blue eyes. He's older, red skin, big gap between his teeth. I see him fishing. He's on a fishing boat in Denmark. Um, his name mm-hmm. is Jan. He would have been your grandfather on your mom's side. Died of lung mm-hmm. cancer. And that uh, he never told your mother that he loved her. He was very tough really? father and never said the words, I love you. So I opened my eyes. And I said, okay, you know, like, your turn. You go next. And right. the woman just has tears streaming down her cheeks. And really? she looks at me. And I, you know, and and I knew that I hit a nerve. I'm like, you okay? She says, that's my grandfather. His name was Jan. He was a fisherman in Denmark. He he fit the description. He he died of lung cancer, and he never did tell my mom that he loved her. Wow. So that those words came out of my mouth. The skeptic mm-hmm. who doesn't believe in anything spiritual or psychic. I well, mean, that's what I you took. Right, because you were a skeptic and you wanted to prove people wrong about it, right? Was that was the initial uh, reason for what I read I about you, right? Something for myself. I had at, at that point, I was never going to share it with anybody. Um, right. But I, right. I had such a fear of dying that if if I could experience something like mediumship, then I I was hoping it would rest my fears about death, which right. it did because on for three days to do a lot of these readings and I wasn't correct all the time I mean half the time it was just my imagination um, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely opened the door that we are a right. whole lot more than these bodies because it wasn't so many people think going to a medium sure they're going to say your grandmother's with you and she loves you but we're talking specific you know the guy's name right. is John Fisherman and, I mean that's specific even the lady yeah, turned we, to me she said Grandfather John, he had a German shepherd. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. Yep. <laughs> yes. So that was the very first thing that had me go, 
that this is real. And did it subside my fears? Yes. However, a new fear came up that if I were to ever tell anybody that I did this weekend course, they'd say, well, Sandra, who do you see around me? And Peggy, I got it wrong as much as I got it right. And in that moment that I said I could never tell anybody, because if you were to ask me who I saw around you and you were a dear friend of mine and I got it wrong, you'd laugh at Mm. me, you'd call me a freak. You'd call me what I used to call all those other people that believed in this sort of thing. Nut job, right, (laughs) nut job. (laughs) So even though it rested my fears, I, I didn't tell anybody that's the course I went to. I said it was on something else. But what it did is it, you know, I had a real inkling, and you probably did the same thing once you realized, you know, really got that life after death is real. I knew it would help a lot of people not, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all going to grieve. However, there's a whole different way of living when we believe our loved ones are still around. And so that allows me to keep looking for more proof, something that I can tell people about, that it would not be, who do you see around me? It would be more credible. There'd be something right. tangible, something that I could give other people. So that started right. me on this journey, a big journey of gathering evidence. Wow. Yeah, I think we all come to it in a different way. I, You know, like I said, I have a uh, spiritual uh, minister on the show, a deacon, and we talk about uh, the Bible a lot. And, you know, of course, being a Christian myself, my dad worked for the Episcopal Church and uh, what have you. And, um, you know, you always question it, is it of the devil, you know? And he talks about the familiar spirits they talk about in the Bible. Like, we don't go looking for the gift. The gift comes to us. But I think people like you, I think that's one of the things, because I had the same thing, the fear. I didn't look for it, really. But I got more into it because I knew something was there. And I think deep down, what do you think, that you knew you had something, but you weren't sure? Um, that we, I think we kind of talked about that privately or on your show. I can't remember. Yeah, but, no, um, I never thought I had anything. I never did. And yeah, I you think didn't? that's why. I know. That's why. Because I, mm. I. And I actually got the idea that maybe psychic stuff is real and mediums are real, but I'm certainly not one of them. So uh-huh. when I was so anti this whole world, and then I was the one who started to see stuff. Um, oh wow! It came as a huge shock to me. Um, right. But then, you know, more evidence that I gathered were things like um, there's a woman in Massachusetts who is a medium. Her name is Rita Berkowitz, and for 30 mm-hmm. years she doesn't just tell you who's around you; she draws a picture of them. She's an That's artist. where Melissa. That Melissa, uh, mm-hmm. tell Sandra a little about what you. I'm going to let you share a little bit what you do with uh, to Sandra about you do that the automatic writing. Tell her what yeah, you do. Yeah, I have. And, so I have an automatic okay. writing thing that I do where mm-hmm. if people will say the name of somebody or an object or something certain, I can either write a picture or draw what the person that they're talking about looks like before they describe them to me. Oh, that's awesome. So the way, and, yeah, so the way that I do it is it's all like a visual kind of thing. I write it all right. down on paper, and that's kind of how I see it, which I can't even describe it how it comes to me. It just it comes to me, and I just draw it on paper. So but that's, it's, it's very interesting. Gift. Yeah. And super valuable. Yeah, that's why, you know, I think after, after you finish telling your story, Sandra, uh, if Melissa could ask you some questions, because, you know, we're – 
we we both obviously have had this gift our whole lives. Um, uh-huh. We didn't tell each other until fairly recently in the past couple of years. And even though we've had it, we're still new at it, you know, in many ways. So right. if you don't mind some questions after you get done with your story, because I think it'll help us too, not just with the show, but with our, our gifts. So is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just go through a few of the things that really hit it for me that this stuff is real. So, uh, one of them is even seeing Rita after my dad died, um, and I saw her. Not only would she give me a medium reading, but she draws a portrait, and she drew a portrait of my father, how he looked when he was in the Air Force in his twenties, and beautiful right. that she said, you know, when we cross over, transition, go to heaven, whatever you want to call it, you, you're whatever age you wish to be at the best health. And of course, my dad mm-hmm. died with tubes sticking in him at seventy-four degree, uh, seventy-four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Um, there's something everybody's heard of near-death experiences, and as fascinating as those are, and even you know, I talk to a lot of people that have had them on my radio show. But uh, Dr. Ken Ring only studied people that were blind, and people who wow. never had vision. But for the very first time when they flatlined on a table, they could see in color, they could see, and these things were validated when they came back that what they saw was real. So that was wow. incredibly awesome for me. So awesome. That's, that's called, awesome. Oh, it, it is. And then um, even the whole world of um, reincarnation, you know, it's very uh-huh. easy for the skeptical mind to... Uh, come up with excuses why near-death experiences happen, like it's the brain shutting down. You know, it was very right, cool and the of us to take the time, correct, to really identify, mm-hmm. well, that may be true, but however, you know, what they've seen from floating above their body is accurate, you know. And same thing with exactly. reincarnation. Um, Dr. Ian Stevenson researched 3,000 children who mm-hmm. had stories of who they were in past lives. And many of the people they said they, were be, they, they were um, actually panned out that these people existed. And they weren't like the Albert Einsteins. They were just people that lived in small towns, but they were documented. And these children would have no way of knowing the existence of these people. And then even there's something called electronic voice phenomena, which sounds mm-hmm. creepy, and it's 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 all over the um, paranormal shows these days, but it's using a tape recorder and recording the sound of a fan blowing or um, rain or something like that. And when you play back the message or the recording, which should sound like just the sound of water, there's actually voices in it. And I studied mm-hmm. with the people, uh, Tom and Lisa Butler, who are kind of, I'd say the grandparents of studying this um they've been studying this for 25 years regular people they're both ministers themselves and what happened was they taught the hollywood studios about this electronic voice phenomena and then the hollywood studios turned it into a horror movie and a movie called white noise had come out and as upset as they were because the only messages that they have gotten for all these years are messages of love or humor, mm-hmm. because we get to keep our personalities when we die. Um, and so they were just astonished that, oh, my gosh, now there's this scary movie out. But the thing was is it, it drew enough people to want to find out about it. And so uh, me, myself, and I have, have done this. And um, 99% of the time, I mean, I've gotten beautiful messages of I love you and tied mm-hmm. in with what I see in my mind's eye 
you know, I've worked with people, uh, probably about 200 people, and I've only given it away. This is not anything that I've ever charged for because I do think it, it is a gift. It's not a Sandra thing. It's coming from um, I believe in God or some people, the universe, whatever I call it is. Right, I right. Uh, uh, but, but like that is perfect validation. I mean, there was um, one lady who came to me and uh, I was at a seminar and I had the guts to tell people finally for the very first time that I believed right. in this because mm-hmm. now I have the auditory things that I can prove it. I mean, listen to this. This is, you know, this is not a, my imagination. And this woman mm-hmm. had come to me and, and um, her name was Deirdre. And she said, you know, my dad had died when I was in prison. And she really? said, I never got to apologize to him about how I lived my life. And she says, I've had regret for 20 years. So I said, well, wow. I don't know if this is going to work, but you know what I would do, Peggy, is I'd, I'd turn on the shower in a hotel room and you say mm-hmm. a prayer. Every every single thing that I've done starts with a prayer because, yes, again, it's really. God's work if it is to work. And so yep. in the message... I hear, I love you, Deirdre. It's easy to talk now. It's oh. easy to breathe. And so I'm telling her this, and, you know, she just starts to cry. She said, Dad had had a tracheotomy, and he couldn't mm-hmm. breathe, and he couldn't talk. Aww. So she says, for that to be what you hear, and the I mm-hmm. love you, because, you know, all there is is love. There's no judgment once we yep. cross over. And, yep. and so, you know, she cleaned up her life, but she knew that her dad was, was there. And so then I knew, like, this, I've got something here, and I don't have to be afraid, and I can share it with people. And if anybody mm-hmm. tries to say, it's all your imagination, I'm like, well, let's do a recording. Let's see what you hear, you know. And then everybody's heard something, and then it kind of freaks people out in a good way. Um, <laughs> well, that's, you know, like, and, I don't uh, know. Um, my page with the pictures where I've had pictures of my son's face appearing. I had sent you them. I don't know if you oh, got a chance. Oh, I saw they, them. I did. Was that amazing? Wow. I, that was like, and no it's crazy. And, wow. and we get the audible. Um, I'm going to let Melissa real quick share a story because, you know, we. I, she lost her cousin, my nephew, four weeks ago today. And oh, he was right. to me whistling, whistling. And it happened more than once before the funeral. And the night uh, before the funeral, I'm at a hotel with my cousin, who is a very, very, very born-again Christian, who's, you know, she loves me, but she's like, well, I believe what I believe. And while we were sitting there watching the, um, not the view, what the heck is that name of it, Um, the music, the voice, the commercial Mm -hmm. comes on, and, like, somebody's standing between us, and somebody whistles. It was the third time for me to hear it. Melissa, share your story real quick about that so Sandra can hear your story about the whistle, what happened to you after that. Oh, yeah. So the first time that I had heard it, I thought there was something playing on my radio because I kept hearing whistling in the car. Mm -hmm. And this is, I believe, the day after he passed away. So Mm -hmm. I just kept hearing whistling, and I thought there was a man in my car, and I freaked out. So I pulled over to the side of the road, and I just kept hearing it. And I looked in the back seat, and there was nothing there, but I kept hearing the whistling. And I was like, maybe there's something wrong with my car. I don't know what's going Uh on. And it happened, like, five times in a row. So it stopped, and then the next day, it was nighttime. And it was, like, I don't know, midnight or 1 in the morning. And I was just getting ready to go to bed. I was watching TV, and then all of a sudden I heard the whistling again. So I looked at the TV, and I was like, 
is there music playing? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. And, and I opened the door was, to go outside to the porch. I'm like, is somebody whistling outside? I thought somebody was whistling outside, but no, it was, I um, almost positive it was my cousin, like, whistling a song to me because it sounded like Andy Griffith, which I don't watch <laughs> ever. And I was just oh, like, what funny. is this? Yeah, and I checked all the TVs. I'm like, this isn't playing, but it sounded like he was right next to me, like, in the room. And then yeah, he did yep. another song. It was almost like a commercial or like a rap, like a, a rap that you hear on the radio, but whistling. And I was just so freaked out. And I called Peggy, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. And then she was telling me she had the same thing happening. So yep. I was like, then it is him. I'm not losing my mind. It's him, you know, because it was the day after he passed away. And the wow. funny thing is we hadn't told each other it was happening to both of us, and yeah. then it happened to our that who was a total non-believer in this stuff, and now she mm-hmm. is. And then on top of it, I go to put it on my page uh, about my signs, and I I Google whistle uh, because I just want to put a whistle. You know, somebody whistling. What pops mm-hmm. up on my page? A pig and whistle restaurant, an Irish pub in the <laughs> city. And his nickname for me, he always called me since he was little Aunt Miss Piggy because he loved the Muppets. And that was kind of a cute name that nobody else can really call me. So the name of the restaurant was Pig and Whistle. It popped up on my site. Amazing. It's just, it is amazing. really amazing. So how, now you said you can tell the, the listeners you've done it. You can do it like putting the shower on. They can hear the, the, the messages. And what are, other ways can you do this? I mean, uh, what, what have you seen or what have you heard or how do you, how, what, what else do you do? Well, the electronic voice phenomena is something that I don't want to say it's a skill, but it kind of is. Like if you all of a sudden uh, go to France and you don't speak French, Mm-hmm. You're going to hear a lot of noise, but you're not going to hear words. Mm-hmm. The first right. couple of times you do the electronic voice phenomena, um, they're, you know, basically how it's done is you have um, a tape recorder or a digital tape recorder. I've never tried it with the, an iPhone, um, but I, I know a lot of people that are getting them. But there is the prayer first. It really is you create a safe space. You imagine... Um, that there's a lot of energy. You know, I always think of either, you know, I I picture myself either plugged into a wall or kind of downloading the energy from the moon. And I just, you know, I I don't know how it all works, but I think you guys agree that energy has got something to do with it. So I create kind of like a force around myself and, yeah, yeah, and the other person. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of pretend or feel like the room is charged with energy and mm-hmm. then I invite in whoever the person is I'm trying to contact and um, basically mm-hmm. say, like my father, okay, if you're with me, Dad, just, you know, do your best to speak loud. And um, basically you, you ask them to say what they want to say. You, it's not really like, you know, where did you leave your checkbook kind of thing. It, it's, oh, oh, you um, know my family. Yeah. Huh? I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, because I can picture if, if somebody hasn't seen you in 20 years or however long and they know you're hurting, what's going to come out most of the time is your name and I love you. I mean, there's other mm-hmm. things that come up, but it only takes about a minute to do one of these recordings. And then what I do is I, I listen to the recording over and over and over again. And the first few times I listen to it, all I hear is maybe the sound of the shower but then it's kind right. of like I've learned I've learned French now, and I just I'm like, no, there's some words in there. So I have to kind of relax my mind, 
set aside because my my ears are going to want to keep listening to the water. But if I didn't hear mm-hmm. the water, is there something else there? And it's kind of weird, but all of a sudden, sometimes like these whispers show up, and ninety nine percent of the time they really sound like you know whispers. And so right. I think it takes practice from our loved ones. I think you know what anybody who's done these. EVP recording say, you know, to let your mm-hmm. loved ones know we're going to practice it every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, you know, and they're right. practicing too because however one can manipulate energy to make a sound on a recorder, it's got to take some mm-hmm. work, you know, so people that practice it end up, they end up getting louder and louder. So the, the big misconception though is some people feel like they have to go to a medium to talk to their loved one, um, they're waiting mm-hmm. to hear a voice on a recorder, and uh, something that I created is I call it reconnections because mm-hmm. I believe that um, we as human beings have very busy minds. We're always thinking about tomorrow, today, what we did, what we didn't do. We've, we're filled with self-judgment, good, bad, loser, not pretty, yep. overweight. You know what I mean? This yep. clothes doesn't fit me. There's nonstop chatter in our mind. And for yeah. any of the mediums that I talk to, any of the psychic people, um, people that have invented really cool things, even people like Steve Jobs or Tina Turner or Sting, they would have to quiet their mind and able mm-hmm. to get you know, either a new song or an invention or, or things like that. So I created this thing called Reconnections, and it's, this is a free download for people. If you go to my website, wedontdie.com, there's a button there that says Reconnections, and you can go there. And um, basically, it's a 20-minute guided imagery. So before you go mm-hmm. to bed at night or if you can get a, set your, some time aside from people, and you can just lay mm-hmm. down and listen. And basically, it talks you through this kind of progressive relaxation. And what it does is it relaxes the, that inner chatter, so that mm-hmm. mind talk is quiet. And so you can invite in, and, I, and whether you want to picture yourself sitting on your couch or if you're on the beach somewhere or some people pick a park bench in their mind, and then you can invite in the person that you've lost. And you can, you're able yeah, to I find this con- interesting. You are the first person that I've ever heard. To, well, at my, the medium that I go to because I don't read myself, she has a, uh, a, a a relaxation tape, a spiritual relaxation tape meditation that you can do this also. But what do you think about people like Melissa and I that have had this just come and happen? Just We don't even ask where it comes out of the blue because we aren't so intuitive. Or What's your feelings on that? I, I do. I think, you know, there's people like child prodigies that can play the piano at the age of five, right? They're totally gifted. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to be concert pianists and mega famous people. Some people five. are born with it. Some people, if you yeah. want to play piano, you've got to work and work and work and practice and practice and practice. I think right. you guys have the gift, naturally, and the more you use it, the more you get. But I also think that everybody, like anybody who wants to learn how to play a piano like there is a way that we can all access it now it may not be that every human being can look at another person and see their loved ones around them some people Mm -hmm. get signs and you guys have gotten lots of signs you have to open you have to believe you have to trust um, you've you've talked to Christine Dominiac you have to pray for them I, I, I don't think it works to go from a an attitude, you know, 
you prove to me that you're around. You know, I asked mm-hmm. one guy, he said, he said, you know, for two years since his dad died, he's been saying, Dad, if you're here, prove it to me. Well, the guy mm-hmm. hasn't gotten any messages. Now, who knows? I think, you know, you get what you expect. If he doesn't expect to get anything, uh, which he doesn't, he isn't. You know, so I mm-hmm. think... You know, I was told, too, about a week after my son died, it was the second time I went to see my intuitive in my life. And she told me, my son told her, stop asking me to come in a dream. I will come when I'm ready. Right. I think a lot of times they have to decide when you feel the most comfortable. Uh, as far as audio, Melissa also had something happen the night of my son's funeral mm-hmm. that she had no idea. Uh, the last week of my son, he was in a coma. And right before he went into the coma, he was talking like garbling, and I couldn't understand him, and it was because of the, the, the poisons from the liver going to the brain. I didn't know what was going right. on. So the night of my son's funeral, Melissa came home, and I'll let, her, let you tell you what she heard that night. Yeah, so I had come home. This was directly right after the funeral. I went into my room, and um, all of a sudden I heard something, and it sounded like somebody was on a CB radio. And but it was in my room, and mm-hmm. I didn't understand what it was. And then all of a sudden I heard, but it was somebody talking. It was a guy, and then I heard someone answer, and they're like, and it was garbled, but it was a female. So it was a guy and a you know a guy and a girl talking, and I couldn't understand mm-hmm. what it was at all. And this went on for like five minutes to the point where I was like, oh my god, I was like terrified because it was right in front of me, like maybe two feet in front of me. I was hearing this. And mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was at all. And I called Peggy, and I said, I don't know what this means at all. It sounds like a CB radio. It sounds like somebody's on a microphone speaking to me, garbling their words like they can't get the words out, but they're trying really hard to talk. But yes. they're conversing with a female. And she was like, I know who it is. It's Mark. He's talking to Meg. Because my aunt my had two- the same exact thing happen in her yard. And my, my, two children, my, my two children yeah. were talking to each other. And then I get a call from my sister, who is not a big fan of this work still, and mm-hmm. she calls and tells me she lives, uh, she has a house on a mountaintop, and there's really no children in her neighborhood. And she calls me and said, around the same day this happened to Melissa, that yeah. there were kids out her window, a boy and a girl playing. She heard voices. She looked out, and no one was there. She didn't yeah. get it. Hmm. So, yeah, there was no physical. The I didn't order- see anything. I just heard it. Well, yeah. the only other order time was the day before my son passed. I was at the train station trying to get back in the city. We were having a major ice storm. was with my friend and my, my late daughter's best friend, uh, waiting to get back down to the city and knowing that the end was coming. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we hear someone going, Peg, Peg, Peggy, nobody's in the station. We They go over to the, um, and this bird flies at us. And we go with the my daughter's late my late daughter's friend goes to the station master and asks him like who's calling Peggy? He goes, Lady, there's nobody here but you three and me. Nobody's calling anybody. Right. So I don't know what that was. And this is before I came out, the um, the thing with my sister is before I came out and Melissa. Uh mm-hmm. we've had things long before we came out as really convincing ourselves that we were really psychic. You know, well, a lot and of uh I was scared of that for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people think that they're they're hallucinating. Like if you're grieving, we all know it's incredibly painful, and a lot mm-hmm. of people will hear a voice or a name, and you know, for the skeptic, it's like, oh, 
just wishful thinking. But there yeah. have been so many examples. And the more people that I interview for my radio show, the more, like, I'm getting this is real, you know, that here, yep. say say mom's in a hospital, right, and um, some people will run home to take a shower before going back, and in their mind they hear, say, the mother talking, and they're like, mm-hmm mom's in the hospital well then the phone will ring and just your mom just passed away you know like they have real clear images or they come to them in a dream and then they get the phone call that it it just happened so well that's what my family was in the coma and and mm -hmm. i it was his voice i think actually my husband passed nine months before my son it sounded more like my husband oh wow so but I didn't know, you know, so many weird things between the pictures and the audible. Right. And one other time an audible thing happened was, um, I don't know, less than a year after my son died. I was sitting here. My um, I was dating at the time. Uh, my boyfriend uh, didn't wear cologne. My other son didn't wear cologne. My house filled with cologne. Everybody knew my son was a cologne. Uh, he, he was like a woman with cologne, okay? Yeah. The house filled with cologne. My horn started blowing. My boyfriend came out of the bathroom. I said, what's up with the cologne? He says, what are you talking about? But I smell it too. Check with my other son. He goes, you know I don't wear it. But we all smelled the cologne. My horn started blowing. My boyfriend went outside to check if somebody was by the car. And he here, he hears, who was his skeptic himself, Tom. And he's yelling back to me, what? And I'm like, what, what? He goes, you didn't just call me? He goes, and he was pals ago. As I said, no. He goes, it sounded like my son calling him. Wow. Oh, that was another audible. That's I've, I haven't had many experiences with the audible, but I am glad you're telling us this because I'm learning. Even though I'm uh, psychic and Melissa is, I think we're learning something from you, Sandra. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you know, absolutely. and I think our you listeners. Yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's tough. For, no, it's okay. It's tough for people sometimes because um, it, it is hard to hear, and and most of them are whispers. I, you know, the first time I had um, seen a demonstration of this, uh, uh-huh. I, I mean, I actually thought the person doing the lecture was on something. Like you, kid, you know, right. you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> recording the sound. I'll take two of those. Like, oh, I'm no, like, no. <laughs> You know, when we were in um, like grade school, we'd spin a record backwards. You know, oh, and right? Like, oh, there's you know the devil on there. You know, stuff kids shouldn't be playing. Well, they with. did that with the Beatles song, wasn't it? Uh, Strawberries feel forever, and it said something about uh, somebody's dead or something. I remember that in high school, and okay. I'm 61. I remember people talking about that. If you did it backwards, it was there was a message there. Yeah, so that, and I, that was. And now somebody's telling me that they're recording, you know, these sounds, and I'm thinking, oh, God. But the guy was a professor, so I thought, well, uh-huh. maybe, you know. So what he was saying during during his lecture was um, both he and his wife had both lost children in their first marriages. And he said, my wife and I left the house. The only thing on was a fan in our bedroom. And we left mm-hmm. the house for 20 minutes, and this is what we heard when we came back. And ladies, it was it gave it gives me goosebumps even to think about it. It's the sound really? of laughter. It was the sound of laughter, and it said, "Daddy, mm-hmm. don't be scared. We're still here with you." Oh, you just gave me chills. You know what? Even though oh, I do yeah. this, I get chills. <laughs> wow. I got to. So what happened for me is, you know, 
I don't believe in synchronicity anymore. I call them miracles. When I was on uh-huh. this hunt to prove that life after death is real, I had heard about this electronic voice phenomena. I had gone to this demonstration. I actually bought the book by Tom and Lisa Butler called There Is No Dead and There Is No Death. And it teaches yeah, how to do electronic voice phenomena. However, I buy the tape recorder and I buy the book and I, mm-hmm. I start trying to record. Ladies, I scared the heck out of myself. I didn't even <laughs> listen to anything, but I thought like, all the oh. sudden, good, good Catholic <laughs> girl, she'd be playing with this. That would be scary, yeah. And I put it in my drawer thinking maybe someday, but certainly not now. Well, if you fast mm-hmm. forward to October of that year, it was 2005, I was, you know, I'm always battling weight and overeating, and I, I wanted to go on a retreat. And there's a place mm-hmm. in um, Einbeck, New York, called the Omega Center. And I've heard right near about me. it. And I, and yeah, they have nature walks and vegetarian mm-hmm. food, and you can get massages, and you can take a course of some kind. They always have different courses available. So I'm looking it up on the Internet thinking, you know what, I could, you know, I'm free only this particular weekend. Um, I'd like to go mm-hmm. to the Omega Center. So when I look at the list of the courses available, for the first and only time they've ever been there, Tom and Lisa Butler, Electronic Voice Phenomena. Well, you know, James mm-hmm. Van Prague is there right now. I was supposed yeah. to be there. He's up there right now because that's – actually, that is where my grandmother grew up, my mother's mother, who was American Indian in the Rhinebeck area. It's that the weekend, one? those people were there, and I just wanted to take a retreat. So oh, it was right, a sign right. that I was meant to be there. And the people that were with me in in the course, there were only five of us in the course, everybody mm-hmm. had lost somebody very near and dear to them, whether it was a spouse or a child. And so mm-hmm. we got the whole idea, like what happens supposedly, is that our loved ones manipulate the sounds that are on the recorder and change it mm-hmm. into words. So, right. And so we have three days of like doing these in class in the classroom. And what the homework was at night was to go back to our room and try to get a recording. And so mm-hmm. I remember clearly I'm in a cabin all by myself. All that is going on is there's a ton of rain coming down and so I've right. got my little digital recorder, and as much as I believed in it, I couldn't hear messages myself. I couldn't hear them. Really? And I just said, I just had my tape recorder, and you got to visualize me sitting on a bed with the tape recorder. And I said very loudly, if you, and this is, I had the button pressed that said record. I said, if you guys are here, and I'm supposed to help people believe in life after death, I said, you need to talk really loud. I said, I'm going right. to let this record for a minute, and then I'm going to say goodnight. And, ladies, I just sat looking at that tape recorder for a minute, and then I said, okay, goodnight. So right. for the 20th time, I put my headphones on, and I listened, totally not expecting to get anything. And mm-hmm. halfway through, when all I heard was raindrops, it says, goodnight, Sandra, in a man's voice. Really? Then this, what? And there's wow. a that are female voices that say, good night, good night. And then there's a man's voice that says, good night. And you can actually listen to that if you want to, because on the same website, wedontdie.com, somebody filmed, mm-hmm. filmed, a document, filmed a documentary about me 
And on the preview, it's only a minute uh-huh. preview, and it, it talks just about the electronic voice phenomena, and you can hear that. Good night, Sandra. But in that moment, ladies, it both scared the heck out of me and excited. I freaked you out. Because, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then I'm thinking, am I, am I never alone? Is there just like all these people around me all the time? <laughs> you know, and, and somebody somebody wrote a book called Do Dead People Watch Me in the Shower? <laughs> Oh yeah, and, you know, I know that. Yeah, yeah, in your most private moments. I mean, you got fifty people hanging around. I mean, what's going on? You know, I know. And, uh, and no, I don't. Yeah, I, I from what I understand, they're only around for like the good normal times. You know? They, yeah, you know, with Santa. Now that no you're time. talking about, I just want to say, tell something, and I could actually play it for you. We did a show one night, and. During the show, we were talking about my mother who had had Alzheimer's, who hadn't talked in two years, and how we – I found, because I specialized in that, I had my own home nursing business for for many years. And I learned that communicating with them, you could sing to them to communicate with them because it's a different part of the brain. We're discussing this one night, Melissa and I, in the show, and and all of a sudden something went crazy. She goes, oh, I think that was me. But in the on the tape on the show, and I have the archive of it, is asked after my mother reached out and said the angels are here, which she hadn't talked in two years. Melissa was trying to say something, but something took over, and it sounded like someone going, ma, like my son's voice on the show. Wow. And I have actually, I'm, as we're on here, I'm going to see if I can find it because I know exactly the spot it's on. But uh, just so that our listeners could hear what you're talking about, it's it's insane. And Melissa goes, well, no, it was probably my voice. I said, well, it, you were talking, but something interrupted you at that time for it to do this. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. even now when things like this happen, I still look for all the logical answers and explanations for it, you know, yeah, even though everything's out. You think, yeah, exactly. And I tell people that even with the grief. I said, when my kids' birthdays come around and their death dates and the holidays, I still am grieving just like you and crying. Yes, I know they're well. I know heaven's real. I did a show about that too. But yeah. I'm also a human being with the pain in my heart. You know, I want them here and I want, you know, make breakfast and do everything that we used to do, you know, and argue even. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. And, Can I share um, with you? Sure. No, I oh, sure. Well, I'm looking for this clock. thing while you're doing that. Yeah, I, I had my father get diagnosed with cancer in January 2010, and five right. months later, he died. Okay, he had a tumor mm-hmm. that broke apart his spine. He went from bicycling 20 Gosh. miles a day as a 74 year old to being crippled with pain pump. That was awful. So not only did I lose my dad, but we had tremendous fights, my siblings and I, about dad's care. And it ended up Mm -hmm. getting so bad that after my dad died, my siblings stopped their relationship with me. I got labeled as a greedy sister, which is so far from the truth. I was the only single kid, so I relocated to be by my dad's side. Mm. And so it was the most painful, dark time of my life. And for mm-hmm. you, Peggy, I, I mean, and I know you too, Melissa, I mean, you've had an incredible amount of loss, and I can't even begin to imagine knowing just the loss of losing my dad and then my siblings, and of course I didn't get to see their children either. Mm-hmm. I was 
in the deepest, darkest place I've ever felt as a human being. And at yep. some point, it was like the light bulb went off. Like, this must be a part of grief. This must all be part of it. And then I it wanted is. to know why healthy, normal, loving people would become such monsters. How uh-huh. I could get into fights with my siblings and and how here's another thing i'm always happy go lucky like i think mm-hmm. i've remembered maybe twice in my life that i've ever gotten angry right and i'm 48 yeah. but when dad died there was this angry bitter sad sandra plus all the fights and so i did some research into the world of grief uh mm-hmm. and i found out not only the different signs of grief, some people call them stages, things like that. But I also found out what happens chemically in our brain. Like a, and this is a very poor comparison, but if people can imagine uh, somebody who's addicted to some kind of a drug, right, substance abuse, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you take it away, the person goes Mm -hmm. through withdrawal and becomes like really scary, okay? Well, when we love someone, we have a chemical bond with them. Yes, we love yep. them, but there's also something that happens in our chemistry that we have a connection. When that connection is severed, we go through this withdrawal process, which, yes, mm-hmm. there's the anger, the sadness, all of those things because we're no longer getting our fix. But here's yep. the other thing. We lose a chunk of our memory our perception, our communication centers of of our brain shuts down so that we can go through this process. Like you can't Mm -hmm. imagine somebody who's, say, coming down from or in withdrawal from being taken off like oxycodone or something, or oxycontin, however you say it. You can't imagine trusting them with information, right? Like trusting them and then have Uh let them say be the truth. Same thing when we're grieving. We can't remember properly. We're not communicating. We're thinking things are happening that haven't really happened or things that really happened we're recording in our brain a different way. Well, when I started learning this, it made perfect sense. Like I had a conversation with my sister, and she's saying, you said this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, no, I never did. Like, how'd you get that, Mm -hmm. you know? But that's what she was holding as reality. And, of course, she tells my brother and sister that. It became Sandra's greedy, going after Dad's money, you know, craziness. So Uh, what I did uh, after I... No, I said every family goes through that. Part. That is part of the grieving process, you no, know. And I'm is. so glad you explained it that way because, especially, I'm going to tell you something. You know, like they say, you know, because I've lost both parents a year apart, then my brother, then my daughter, then my sister, then my son, then my husband. Blah blah blah. One right, like oh. you know. Okay, the the children's grief. I tell people, and I after talking to other grieving parents, now I know I'm not so alone. It's helped me also. Is that like you're talking about that chemical connection? Being that you've carried that child in your body, okay? There is even more of a connection than if it's a sibling or a, a parent or a grandparent. There's because you know they. What do you call a child that loses parents? You call them an orphan. What do you call a woman that loses her husband, a widow, or, or vice versa, a widower? There's never been a label put on child grief. 
okay? No. And being that you, they've grown from you, and I've told people, I said, can you imagine what this feels like? I had natural childbirth, and I watched my son take his first breath, and I stood at his bedside when he took his last. For a mother oh. to witness that is, un, I, I, there's no words to put on a parent's grief. There is just no, no words for it, whatever. You know, and it is a chemical reaction. Then you get people that after the funeral uh, saying, well, aren't come, shape up. You know, it's time to go on with your life. They're gone. Oh, my God. You th- Don't you want to kill people- them? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I've done <laughs> shows on what to say and what to say to grieving parents. I had to go through all this to bring it out to other people. And I feel that God has picked me as a teacher now to teach these things, the, the, what it feels like. And, you know, I'm not somebody with a, you know, just somebody like, you know, I, I experienced it firsthand. Okay. I know what those parents are feeling. I've been there, done that. I know what I didn't want to hear. I know what not to say to us. I know what you should say to us. Um, people, I've had so many people walk out of my life because they treat, especially ch- uh, child grief, children grieving a child, like we're mentally ill, like it's a mental illness. Oh. It's not. If you've never, it can been make there. you feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's you. ridiculous. It, it's horrible. I it's have, horrible what people. I have. So much compassion for somebody who's lost a loved one after um, first my grandmother and my dad died. And what I wanted to just finish with the story about what I learned about grief, ladies, Mm -hmm. is what I did is I decided to give away all the information that I learned. I compiled an audio. I just spoke into my computer for an hour, called it How to Survive Grief. I bought the domain Mm -hmm. name survivegrief.com. And I uploaded it. So you you can still go there, survivegrief.com, and press the play button. So within three months of me uploading it, over Mm -hmm. 3,000 people in 15 countries had heard it. I only made a few posts on Facebook and told a few friends. What happened was two people told two people, told two people. It went almost viral. But... Why wow. it's important is people started writing me how it helped understand their pain. Because there's also tips on helping move through grief, uh, reducing some of the pain, um, you know, when we start feeling guilty thoughts or different things. But the biggest impact is when people started writing me that they told me they chose not to take their own life because mm-hmm. they listened to my audio they realize, because wow. you, you guys know it, when you're in that deep, dark state, if you've never mm-hmm. been there before, if you don't know it's grief, you may honestly think there's something wrong with you. And I got oh, enough yeah. people that chose not to kill themselves because of my words that it was only mm-hmm. then that I had the courage to say, this needs to be in a book. And I didn't want to write mm-hmm. a grief book because a lot of people aren't looking for that. And I thought, how do I get to the most people I can on the planet? And mankind's Mm -hmm. biggest fear is not public speaking. It is, in fact, death. So I figured Mm -hmm. I'm going to title it We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. I'm going to reel people in by telling them everything I know about life after death. Chapter Mm -hmm. 10 of my book is that grief audio. So like it or not, even if that's not what you came for, darn it, you're going to find out about grief because sooner or later you're going to lose somebody. And yep. and 
it's prevented families from coming apart. It's helped people. People have re- more people have reported that they um, have faith that they haven't committed suicide. And then so that's chapter mm-hmm. ten. And then the rest of the book, which is the best, is. I mean, it's all good, I think. But if you if we don't die, if our life is for a purpose, what mm-hmm. is the meaning to our life? And so people can live their life with relationships that work, going after their dreams, and having satisfaction. Because we hear about it all the time, how many people die with regrets. And if people right. really looked at life as an education for the soul, even what you guys are up to, I mean, it really took your pain to be able mm-hmm. to use all this to help other people. My dad oh, yeah. had to go the way he did for me to do what I'm doing. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it's easier to listen to us because we've been there. Right. Um, well, that's what I kind of like said is about breathing thing because I've not lost one. I've lost two children, and now we've lost four oh. children in the family as of a month ago. But personally, right. two of my own, and... You know, people are more apt to look at me and say, wow, if she can do this, I can go on. And and how did you do it? People will say to me, how do you handle it? How do you do it? Well, I tell them you've got two choices, live or die. I thought about it, but then I I, – that's selfish. And and then I I realize there is purpose and value to every life, every living human being on this planet, no matter Mm -hmm. who you are or what you do. We are all here to teach each other something, and uh, we and like you're doing, we have to represent from what we've learned. And I think everyone yeah, on this earth, what no matter everybody. what you go through, this is what it's all about. Yeah, if any one of us listening tonight look back on our lives, we've had some lousy things that have happened. We've also had some yep. great things that have happened, hopefully. Yep. But all of those things had to happen for you to be the person you are today. And yep. I say, and I, and again, I don't have the answers, but this empowers me. Even if you're suffering right now or there's something going on that you're not a fan of in your life right now, if you can mm-hmm. trust that out of it you are getting something. Now, it might not be something that's going to cause warm fuzzies for you. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, the hardest time in my life was watching my dear dad die. But what it did was it gave me something now that there's just thousands upon thousands that are getting help through grief that never would have before. So not that right. it might be that, but but that every bit of what you're going through right now is for I don't want to say is for a reason I, I you know I don't want it I my purpose hope there's is a purpose, purpose. purpose. yeah I was gonna say the same purpose. thing yeah that people purpose. are empowered that instead of being a victim it's really easy to be a why this is happening to me and then this happened again Peggy it would be so easy for you to just be in the victim role because of how much loss you've had but instead yep. no. What you've done is, yes, I know you've gone through tremendous pain and suffering, and I'm sure there's a lot to it that you have never told anybody. But what you've done nope. with it now right about is them. out of it, out of it, it's you're making a difference for other people. And I, before we got on this show, I live with my aunt, and she says, oh, Sandra, mm-hmm. who's this interview with? And I told her about you and the loss you've mm-hmm. had. And I said, I'd do anything for this woman. She is an inspiration, an well, inspiration. If you have gone through what you have and you're still standing and you're still making a difference, it's like if I have any fear, if I have any struggles, it's like if Peggy did that, I certainly can do this. 
So you mm-hmm. are an inspiration. I, and I truthfully, oh, Peggy, i do you. anything for you. Anything. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Ditto, as they would say in the movie Ghost. You know? <laughs> Ditto. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> you know what? The, the, the thing is... Um, People have said to me, you know, like I said, you know, how do you do it? How do you do it? So like I said, there, there, there's two choices. And, and especially when my son was dying, he, being that my daughter and him shared that same illness, and I, I had a routine since I was 19 because my daughter was born six days before I turned 20. So, well, and she got diagnosed just a couple of years later. So I had a routine that I had to do, the pills and the IVs as the years went on. And I got up after my son passed, and... I was 58, what, 50, yeah, 58 years old. I was used to this routine that he, they, my kids hated and I hated. I didn't know who I was. It wasn't just the grieving of grieving the loss. It was the daily routine. What do oh, yeah. I do with self? What do I do? And I went right. through five weeks, and I'm not going to lie. I got on Facebook. I have to say it saved my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's a community. I got on there. I've been not right next to you. And I yeah. was, oh, people were deleting me. It's like, what the hell's wrong with you? You need a shrink. I, I was telling everybody where to go. I was angry, and I was going through those stages of grief that you go through, but it got it out. And then I turned the lemons. Here we go, Melissa. My into lemons lemonade. into lemonade. To lemonade. And I said, okay. I had, to, I had to start using my brain again, and I said, what do I do? I keep asking, what do I do now? What do I do now? And mm-hmm. I started thinking, well, I could do this, I could do that. So I said, you know what? i got to finish this book. I started long before my son died, so I finished the book. I accomplished that. Um, and under the worst circumstances, that was finally accomplished while we were living in a hotel for six months mm-hmm. after Hurricane Sandy. So if I can accomplish that and crippled, I couldn't walk at the time. I was totally crippled at the time with the MS. My, I, I'm walking again, not great, but I'm walking again. So if I can do that on top of another loss, losing all my belongings and my memories, I have to I have to be able to inspire somebody from the tremendous amount of losses so close together. There was not that five-year grieving process. I, I still haven't had time for the five-year grieving process. There's been too many. There's just been too many people and too many significant uh, brother, sister, two children, and two nephews, a husband, father-in-law, friends, uh, you know, and I've lost all the grandparents and aunts and uncles, too, in the process. I don't even talk about that, really, in my books. I've lost them in between all these losses, too. But the major siblings and children and and spouse and parents and, and my God, it's like lions and tigers and bears, oh, my, you know? Uh, it's just crazy, and and I'm like, okay, so uh, I have to. I feel like I have to make that difference. It gives me the strength, and I'm I'm telling you, Sandra, even my physical being because of the MS is not great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very very limited what to what I can do these days, but I can write, and I can talk. And this is what I'm. St- I'm still giving something to the world, and and then I thank you again for what you're doing because it, uh, it it's touching people, you know. And you're you're also a gift for what you're doing. I just want you to let you know Aww. know that I always thank that. you. And you know what I I my book came out a year and a half ago, and in the mm-hmm. last year and a half, it's like how do I get to the most amount of people, right? So I mean, oh, yeah. I've done everything I can imagine, and no, I haven't been on the Ellen show yet. You know, and, I, and I'm just not hitting the people I want to. Like, how do I get to them? And this came to me 
from somebody else. They said, you know what you need? You need a podcast. You need a radio show. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, no, no, not me, no. (laughs) And I don't even know what a podcast is. And so somebody once said, you know, if you follow your passion, you can't go wrong. And it hit me. Like, Peggy, I love meeting new people. I do. I love going to seminars. And I'm fascinated with the whole life after death thing. And truthfully, I have been telling my own story so many times that I haven't taken the time to learn new stuff. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it hit me. If I can talk to people that are mediums or that have had a near-death experience or that were with a loved one right before they die, so often people can see into heaven and they talk to people that are deceased often people that they didn't even know were deceased they see and i thought if i could talk to these people and just ask why do you believe in life after death and and hear their stories and then how Mm -hmm. do you live your life knowing that we don't die you know what that would interest me you know and so Mm -hmm. i have a friend named kathy who you know uh, set us up uh, me being on your show and um kathy just start writing people you know And what's happened is I only have 32 episodes, and in eight weeks, Mm -hmm. I have had 17,200 listens, at least. Wow. That's awesome. Even your episode, and it's only been, what, a week? You've had almost 500 people that have heard it, right? So this is now me, who didn't want a radio show, didn't know how mm-hmm. to even start one, all of a sudden, what did I get a, an email about an easy way to start your own radio show? And I pressed the button and, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And for listeners, if mm-hmm. you know, we don't die radio.com, you can see there's Peggy's picture and right below it, you can press play and all the other guests that I've had. Like your show, Peggy, free. It's giving. You know, yeah, I'd love yep. if every person bought my book, but you know what? It's not going to happen. Anyways, nope. but just to give we know we know about the starving you. artist part. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's I know. About but you know, it's, we we gain so much by the knowledge that we give people, yeah. and hopefully, get that. You know, I have to ask yep. you something. I just had I have the chat room open. Excuse me, and somebody wrote here. I don't know what the heck this means, but I'm going to read it quick and see what you get out of it, okay? Okay. Um, Doc J 2 I don't know who that is. I'm a 42-year-old, 42-year uh, seasoned mystic, and I tell you that when we remember ourselves beyond this earthly life experience, the whole idea of transitioning off the planet takes on new flavor. Seeing it as loss is the key that makes it difficult. Accepting that we are spiritual beings first really has power to shift our energies, and then they logged out. What are you getting from that? I've never had anybody do oh, that before. I got, I got two big things <clears throat> out of it. Okay. Um, okay. Number one, being a mystic, being somebody who lives life really knowing that there's something more. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in that, no matter what comes your way, instead of being a victim to it, you are somebody who looks for the meaning and you look for the growth and you know that um, there's there's much more purpose than just what meets the eye. That just living that this, however many years you get, is an illusion. You're just much bigger than that. And the other thing so is, is if, what we're doing is what they're, they're kind of supporting no, what we're doing. We're doing, it, yeah. we're doing exactly what they're saying. Also, exactly. looking, it, it's an illusion, I think, what Mystic is saying. 
um, to think that loss is really a loss. What our deepest losses that we think and what our deepest suffering can be could actually be the biggest gifts we get while we're here. I say mm-hmm. it in my book, and I don't know if this right. is true, um, mm-hmm. but I believe those of us who have loved the most, we actually mm-hmm. hurt the most when we have loss. And as much mm-hmm. as it hurts, we can go to bed at night knowing that our capacity to love is just tremendous. And I think from all the interviews that I have done, Peggy and Melissa, with all these people so far, there are just Mm -hmm. some underlying facts. Because I always ask, you know, what's the point of life? And everybody says additional love. Practice it. No matter what comes your way, love, acceptance, not just for the people you see in your life, but when you look in the mirror, that person too. Love them. Know that if there is somebody in your life or a situation in your life that is causing you pain or stress, we are all Mm -hmm. an oyster. We're a pearl within an oyster. And those Mm -hmm. people or those experiences are acting like the sand in our oyster. They might be uncomfortable, but they are shaping Mm -hmm. the pearl. And so to live from that context uh, mm-hmm. is so much more empowering than spending a life complaining to everybody you know about how mm-hmm. crummy your life is going. So as right. this person that wrote into the chat room, thank you, person that wrote yeah. in, um, kudos to you because I think, Peggy, for all of us that are now joining arms and sharing this stuff the more we hear radio shows like ours, the more we read books like ours and others, the more we meet right. people and have these conversations, the harder it is to fall into the victim mode, the more, um, like I know one thing's for sure, we're all going to grieve, but I think you'll agree with me that your grief can be lifted when you believe in life after death and that your loved ones mm-hmm. are still yeah, alive. Yeah, I couldn't... If I didn't know and if the Lord hadn't blessed me with my gift uh, to the point that he did, because I'm not saying mine is any better than anybody else, any worse than anybody else, but I've talked to many mediums and, and, and people of other things, other, you know, jobs, other occupations in life and said to me, some of the signs you get with those pictures alone. You know, some people are like, oh, is this Photoshop? And I'll tell you, the only one, and it wasn't Photoshop, somebody enhanced that, that ghost picture so you could see the spelling of my daughter's name over my head in gold. Uh-huh. Other than that, I post the original, too. How many pictures do people post? I'm, people post a lot of orbs. I post faces, real live-looking right. live faces. And I send, I put a comparison. This is what my son looked like at that time. Or like the guy, mm-hmm. that paranormal thing that drew me to that site when, I don't know, I don't believe in this stuff. I just got married. My wife took my pictures. Some guy shows up at my door, and I'm, something drew me there, you know. And I, I do kind of, I do believe in synchronicity. I still call it that because I have a lot of that on my show. Oh, I say do birth, too, but yeah. yeah. But something grew me because I'm not a big go on Ghostbusters or paranormal sites. I'm not one no, of those. I don't me do that. Neither. And I don't. I don't you know, like scary movies. I don't like any of that stuff. No. No, it's it's like you know it's that's not my thing. 
But mm-hmm. something drew me there that day, and I'm like, holy cow, that's my son's face. And I, you know, I typed into the guy, I said, he's in New Jersey, I'm in New York, and I'm like, that's my son. I said, here's a picture of my son. He goes, oh, my God, right? And then we were just talking, I don't know if we discussed it on your show, Sandra, but Christine Dominiak, of course, you know, Sonny is the, is actually the intuitive. Christine has some stuff coming to yes. her, but she doesn't claim to be the medium. I told right. you about when she was on the plane, and, and she kept hearing that song over and over, My Special Angel, which was my poem I wrote for my daughter the night she passed. It was a connection with me and my daughter. She hadn't read my book yet. She's hearing, opens my book, and the first thing she sees is My Special Angel. Then she says, your daughter's here, and... And she doesn't usually do this. And she goes, I'm on vacation, limited access to the Internet. And your daughter's here, and she's with Kate, and she's saying hello. I'm like, okay, who's Kate? (laughs) Kate is that little Irish girl in that last picture that died with cystic fibrosis where the kid in the bed that looked like my son. That was that little girl's name. And that happened after Christine had contacted me. That is Kate. Wow. That blew my socks off, and I'm a flip-flop girl, so <laughs> that blew my yeah, socks off. I even though I do this, like, you know, it mm-hmm. just, I get, I'm amazed. I I am like a kid in a candy store every day, even though I've gone through what I go through. I have so many weird, I, well, I shouldn't say weird, so many magical things that happen to me every day right. that I am like a kid in a candy store. You, 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 you like... Wow, life is so magical. Life is unbelievable, you know? Yeah, I've become addicted to talking to people because I love hearing them for myself. I am still human. I fight with every bit of humanity that everybody else does. I'm full of self-judgment. I wake up in the morning, I'm not good enough. You know, the money situation is not great. There's more bills than money coming in. All that stuff's still there, but then I hear one of these stories. And in a yeah. second, it restores me to who I who I am. And one of the big practices yeah. I have, not that I do it as much as I want to, is gratitude. I don't know how you feel about it, but I heard well, somebody I pray every day. Say, I pray every day for the for the sun. I thank him every day for the sky, for a rainbow. I, I do. Yeah. I thank him every day, you know. One of the best ways to increase our energy and to start having, I say, miracles show up, synchronicities, whatever, is to look for what you're grateful for, to start feeling good yourself. And uh, Louise Hay said this, and I, I think it's great. You know, if you give a kid a present and they stomp all over it and they're, and they're looking for something else, like, you know, how many more presents are you going to want to give the kid? <laughs> However, I at Christmas with my kids. Get, they used to unwrap yeah. the gifts, throw it to the side, unwrap the next, and then they go Look and take the, the wrappings and the boxes and play with them when they were little. Go figure. However, you, know? <laughs> you, give, you give a kid the gift. Like, let them open the yep. socks. And, oh, my gosh, these are the best socks. Thank you so much. Kiss, 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 kiss. Love the socks. Love the socks. Love the socks. Thank yep. you for the socks. Well, guess what? Yep. It's not going to be socks the next time, but whether – you call it God, the universe, miracles. The more we're grateful for, I believe, the more we're given. The more we're yeah. desperate for, I think, the less we're given. And so, mm-hmm. like in the beginning, we were talking about Santa Claus and how disappointed I was magic wasn't real. Now I'm, instead of eight, I'm 48. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Magic is real. We can't see yeah. the Internet around us, and that's real. We can't see mm-hmm. heaven around us. And that's real. Yep. Our yep. cell phones can pick up on something going on 
in this magical land called the Internet that doesn't even really exist in time and space, our minds mm-hmm. can pick up on our loved ones that are someplace that we can't see them. It's very, very, very real. Magic Amen. is uh, real. Yep. Our loved yep. ones are still around. Your life is for a purpose. You know, join arms with us and get busy. Go look for your dreams. Fear is an illusion unless it's, you know, a life or death situation. Um, the best way to get a new result in your life is to do something that you're afraid to do. Uh, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but we like somebody like me getting on a plane, which I've never been on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with you one day. Hey, I know. There's a. There's a guy that works for us uh, cooking for the race teams, and he's 52 years old, and my mom had met him at a restaurant in Minnesota. She had gone back home, and she's like, oh, your Mm -hmm. food is really great. You know, would you come on the road with us? No, 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 I don't fly. I don't fly. Well, he had a good friend that said to him, gosh, you got the opportunity to travel, and you turn that down? He says, I really Mm -hmm. wish you'd, you'd consider that job. And the guy says, no, 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 I'm not going. I'm not traveling. I'm not getting on an airplane. Well, the friend mm-hmm. fell down the step and died. Oh, really? So in honor oh, no. of the friend, this guy he got on the plane? decided, he says, I'm going to go on the plane. Well, he's worked really? with us for the past three years, and Dwayne said, wow. I can't believe there's a whole world out there. And he's yeah. so happy to meet new people, see new things. And it's just in the United States. We're not going anywhere too, too mm-hmm. outrageous just loves it and he like it's the biggest thing he's grateful for Aww. and he never knew and he was it changes so your perspective you know yeah Maybe that's and it is the only world yeah yeah it's scary but if you go with somebody you love and you trust and you don't mm-hmm. go on a flight around the world as your first flight you take you know something right close. Um, right you know and and you get vip service and who knows just and nothing you have to do right now but just keep it in mind You know, you you kind of lifted me with because I have been asked, especially, you know, we do book signings. I've done mostly local. Well, obviously local. I've been asked to do motivational speaking around the different places in the country. I've been asked to do book signings. And because I don't fly, (laughs) I don't go, you know, and I'm like, Peg, and I I sit and I try to talk myself into it. And I'm going to tell you, and Melissa knows, I my fear is height, I rich phobia, whatever, whatever. Well, Melissa, you're going to be very proud of me. Okay. I went to before my son got really sick. I had a really great day Sunday. I went with my brother who just lost his son in, uh, a month ago, and and his girlfriend. We went to um, an Oktoberfest. Um, my dad was German. And we have to drive across the Bear Mountain Bridge in New York, which is right not too far right. from my house. Well, I drove up the what we call the Goats Trail, and I looked at at, at Flora, my brother's girlfriend. And I said, "I'm pulling over. You got to do the bridge." Well, let me tell you something, girls. On the way back, the the, uh, the I must have been to Oz because I got courage. I said, "I'm driving home," and I drove over that bridge, and I was fine. I was fine. I did That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. I did it. I've done that bridge before, but in the past, I would say since my son passed, I, the fear got really strong. That it has to be something oh, with the chemical, whatever, yeah. you know, setting it right. off again, post-traumatic stress or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did it. I did it. I drove back. I said, I'm doing this, and I was fine, and I was even looking over the edge, which that when you have a bridge trouble, you don't, even if you're driving with somebody, you just don't look over the sides, okay? I did it all. And I came home, and I was so proud of myself, <laughs> you know. I said, Peggy, you deserve yeah. a gold star. 
it's a it's a stepping stone, you know, to yes, yeah, like maybe yeah, better baby and better to reach a goal. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. And the more time exactly. you do it, and, and yeah. then even with flying, the day might come that Peggy will give you ten thousand dollars, buy you a first class ticket, and you know, can you drive or fly from there to you know who knows Orlando? And you start mm-hmm. thinking about it. Okay, there's going to be 500 people or however many people that are there that you could change their life. And then you just start weighing it out. Okay, I'm afraid. Yep. And this is the impact on so many lives. And there comes a point, because I've got to tell you what, I never thought I had it in me to write a book. And I tell you, I yep. was never going to tell people about my life after death stuff for fear people yep. would think I'm crazy. Yep. All I needed was one person to tell me that they chose not to kill themselves because of my words. And I'm like, yep. well, screw what other people think. But even if they think I'm a lunatic, for the opportunity yep. to save somebody's life, I'm going to go for it. So as well, scared as I was, what I'm doing now. on every because interview, I see the, yeah. Yeah. Right. I see the people you know that what? come to me and say, Hey, yep. It's like you don't realize how much you inspired me or how much you've helped me and you've taken me out of the funk and I'm sad all the time but then you have this little spark and you you and you la- you make me laugh too. You know, even though it's a, it's a serious subject but you make me oh, laugh, laugh again. That's great. Yep. Oh my god, I was always the class clown, the comedian. It was kind of my false bravado, blah blah blah. And I'll tell you when you bring up the no fear, Melissa will second that. My daughter I don't know whether it was one of her, her um, part of her plan when she came to this earth. I know my children obviously made great impressions on many people, you know, and they weren't perfect kids either. I mean, they were kids too, you know. She always, in every car she owned, everything she had the emblem of no fear. Melissa writes poetry. When my daughter died, she wrote a poem, not knowing this, not realizing it, Mm -hmm. called "Fearless" for my daughter. And that's basically what you were saying. We sh- there is no fear. Nothing is to fear but fear itself in life. And right. that's probably the way I should start thinking about it, flying, you know? Yeah. Because if it, my uncle used to say to me, and he was a big alcoholic, believe me, <laughs> he used to say to me, when your number's up, kid, your number's up. So if I if that's the time for me to go, if I'm on a plane, then that was my time. So I and if it's not, I could enjoy a flight and help so many people, Sandra. And I thank you for saying that to me because you've kind of changed my mind around about some things. Thank you for that. You well, now you've inspired me. Tomorrow, okay. You know what? Go where? Girls, let's go fly. <laughs> sure. She just got Maybe. back from California, Hollywood, so recently. So oh, yeah, I love flying. Yeah, I don't. My dad was an airline pilot, so I got. Yeah. A, I grew, and my mom a travel agent, so I grew up with all the facts and figures about uh, dr- uh, flying being safer than driving. And so I, I was never. Oh. My dad taught me how to fly when I was a sixteen. You know, how to land an airplane and all that kind of stuff. And uh, airplanes for me, ladies, are where a lot of miracles and synchronicities happen. <clears throat> I sat. I got. Um, I sat next to one guy who was super professional, like intimidating professional. And he looks at me and, you know, oh, business or pleasure. And, you know, and I was on my way to cook for one of the races. And I said, oh, I'm going to work. Well, what do you do for a living? And I told him I work with race car teams. Oh, okay. Well, inside my head, I'm hearing, tell him about the book. Tell him about the book. Well, my voice in my head was like, there's no way in you know where, and then I'm going to tell him about the book. Yeah. This guy's going to think I'm a lunatic. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't. 
so the guy's reading his newspaper, and the little voice inside my head's going, tell him about the book. And I'm like, oh. Yep. So then I said, well, and I'm an author. So the guy says, oh, what'd you write? So I figured mm-hmm. that was the safe way to do it. And I said, well, my book's called yep. We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And of course, I'm shaking telling him this. Well, he yeah. looks at me, and he says, my mom just died a week ago. I wow. thought I wasn't. I had it handled and that I was tough enough and I, that I wouldn't hurt so much. But he's like, I'm in a lot of pain. He says, is there any chance you have one and I can read it? And, really? And it, this is the last guy I ever thought would be interested. Yep, yep. So we were on a flight for, the- for two hours. Mm-hmm. He read my book for two hours. Wow. And he, every so often he'd look up at me with tears in his eyes and just kind of pat my hand. Well, when we landed, wow. he's like, I want my picture taken with you. He walked me to my uh, the next gate. He says, let's stay in touch. He says, you've changed my life in an, on a flight. Wow. He says, I, I own a company, one in Japan, one in the United States. He says, when you start seeing Japanese sales, it's because I've recommended people your book. Now, wow. the is, I was scared to death to even say anything. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, this guy's going to think I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah, see, there was a reason know. why, you know. It's like that little voice told you it for a reason. He needed it, you know. I yeah, did it for but you know, one years. I mean, I, close people close to me, some knew, but fifty-one yeah. years because everybody thought because I was a clown that I was a nut anyhow. And I said, you know what? I don't care what they think because I know yeah. it's real. And like you said, and Sandra, I, you see the lives lives you touch. My goodness, you know. I'm good. I'm sorry. Had that guy said, you know, I tell him, okay, the name of my book is We Don't Die a Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Had he gone off mm-hmm. and gone back to his newspaper, well, there you have it. But by me yep. being too afraid to even share didn't even give him the opportunity to yay or nay mm-hmm. it. So it's like you got to trust people. And, and, they, and yeah, it's not for everybody, but there's so nope. many that – that need it, and everybody's going to experience loss. And I tell you what, Peggy, you are just one humongous inspiration. And you just take baby steps. You know, you'll probably get invited enough places, and finally you'll be like, all right, I'll do it. But I'm not going alone, you know. And I then, will take you know, my co-host, I, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I only I got somebody who had told me the um I think it was yesterday the day before someone says you call your doc oh because of my son because I was ready fear or not with the situation after losing two kids and my son's going to be forty he's overweight he has high blood pressure he was an asthmatic severely as a child now he's got pneumonia I was ready yesterday to to, to say no fear like my daughter and get on that plane and go until someone says you can't. You have MS. You can't be around anybody now with pneumonia, not with your weakened immune system. That's the only thing that stopped me yesterday of getting on a plane and going going down there. That's the only thing. Wow. Good. good the good. only thing. I was ready because when, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, they say, like, let's say uh, a car falls on your child. And the, all of a sudden you get that mom gets that adrenaline to lift that car up. And there's been right. cases that happened. I had that adrenaline yes, to say the hell with my own life. And I'll use the word hell. They even do it in church, the ministers. I said the hell with my own life. I will get on that plane to go help my son. 
But then I had to face reality. I have a weakened immune system. Even a cold is dangerous to me. I, uh, I'm not a germaphobe, but I come mm-hmm. out of supermarkets. I, I keep that germ stuff, the hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. because I know yeah. I have. I have to protect myself because if I did go in reality, and if Mom died, then he wouldn't have Mom at all. So I had to weigh my odds yesterday, and and of course, being a mom and having lost two children prior, now the frustration sets in because I'm like, because you always want to put that Band-Aid. I don't care how old your kids are. You you have to put that Band-Aid on them, you know, because mom knows best, you know, and um and I've had the, you know, had the nursing business for years, so I have the medical knowledge. And I said, he needs me, he needs me, he needs me. But then I had a like face, like I said. And it wasn't selfishly, because unselfishly, as much as I fear flying, I would have gone on that plane. But yeah. it would have been more selfish if I did, because I could have ended up going down there and ended up in the hospital and dying myself. So I had right. to have that. I had to face that. I had to, I had to, I had to uh, be rational about it. You know, I had to. Yeah, but still, you know, I'm sitting here frustrated and still waiting. I've gotten one message sure. today that he was resting, and I'm still waiting after the show to call and see where we're at, you know. But, yeah, and there's um, been a lot I, of gold girls in this conversation right now. There's a ton I think for people mm-hmm. listening, this conversation to make a difference. And whether it's somebody yeah. listening live or in the future, there, you gave your time for something very valuable. And one thing I want to mention, too, is it's easy to play the game of what's the right thing to do. And mm-hmm. I think God gives us the gift of being able to choose. And right. we stand powerfully well. with our choice. Yeah, you know, throw throw guilt out the window because we each do what we know to do. That's the best thing for us to do at the time. You know, there's no mm-hmm. way of knowing how things would have played out. It's easy when we lose a loved one to feel guilty or we should have done this or shouldn't have done that. But we do the best we can. So have compassion for yourself and know that whatever choice you make makes a difference. And one beautiful thing that I hear over and over and over from the guests that I have interviewed, when when you die, when you open your eyes in this new world where there's no pain and you're feeling great, everybody Mm -hmm. has what they call a life review. And most people experience it from the other person's perspective. So if you hurt Mm -hmm. somebody in this lifetime, you'll experience that moment from their eyes. You'll feel the pain. And as lousy as Mm -hmm. that might feel, after you go through the negatives, you go through the positives. You get to see, Peggy and Melissa, not just how, say, this show impacted a life and experience it from that person's perspective, but you get to see the ripple effect because of that. All these Mm -hmm. other things happen, and it's like magnified, people say. So to trust and and just know that what we're doing here and now, and it's all making a difference, and you will probably never see as far as it will reach unless it's in one of these life reviews. But just know that you guys are spectacular, and our lives are changed. Thank you. By, the, you, by your interviews. They really are. Yeah. I mean, what's better well, like than I giving said, people I, hope and faith and trust and love? Yeah, well, that's what, you know, I, I, I happened to come upon the radio show because a friend had talked about they had been on a couple of these shows, and I looked into uh, Something made me do it. 
okay? And um, I did the first one by myself, no co-host, and I was scared to death. Nobody was calling in. I wasn't quite sure of the board. I was like, but you know what would happen? Somebody did call in, and she gave me a reading. And it loosened me. She was reading me. It was great. And it gave me the courage, like, okay, so now I can come out. And I was just going to tell, I wasn't going to tell anybody I was an intuitive medium on the show. I was going to say, just mm-hmm. tell us the signs that you feel that your loved ones send you, or come invent your grief here. That's what my show is about, where it brought me mm-hmm. out to tell the world. And it's worldwide. And I, my shows are archived. They'll be on here long after I'm gone Forever. from here. As will our books. They'll be out in the universe forever. Ever, yep, yep. So it's going to be touching people here after after my generation, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And um, But I, I got the courage to come out, and I didn't give a darn anymore. Who thought I was crazy? Whatever. It's real. Hoping, hopefully now by some of my documentation with my other site, uh, the, that long name as we call it, Sandra, that I still don't remember. That's <laughs> I have a site out there. What signs, whatever, you'll just Google my name, you'll find it. Um, it. I show pictures. I show pictures. And I'm just as amazed, I have to tell our, our listeners, as anybody that would see it. I'm as amazed. It shocks me every time. You know, like I said, people get all excited about orbs. When you start having faces appear, that really freaks you out. And, I, and I've had the ones with the ghostly faces, <laughs> but real faces. When you have real faces, it's like, holy cow, you know? Yeah, remember the one I showed um, you with the orbs with the faces in it? Well, Melissa took one after I got involved. Or we're done in 15 minutes. work And, Sandra, I'd love for you to come back on some other time. Let me know what your schedule's oh. like because yeah, we could talk definitely. about things. You're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really you, – you taught me tonight. I appreciate that. So you are you have an open invite anytime you feel like coming on. I just Aww, want to let you know that. thanks. But what I wanted to tell, um, you know, Melissa, uh, we did this thing for the Compassionate uh, Friends of the USA, America, uh, right before Christmas, the week after my son's birthday. I invited, opened my home up. I said, any grieving parents in the area, I'm making hot cocoa, whipped cream. She brought muffins. Bring a candle in memory of our children, okay? We have a day in memory of our children. So Melissa left here that night. And we had my, my security light going on and off, but which, you know, when an animal walks by, we figure, let's start taking pictures. Maybe something will show. Of course, we did nothing. <laughs> she wasn't home five minutes, and I'm going to let Melissa and Sandra tell Sandra what happened. Yeah, so I was home. I literally was pulling into the driveway, and I saw deer in my road. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, why is there deer all over the place? There's three deer. And I'm like, okay, that's that's weird. So I started trying to pull into my driveway, and then I noticed that there was a deer in my front yard, like, staring at me. And I was like, I've never seen a deer do that. Usually they're terrified of you. They run away. But this one just wouldn't stop staring at me. So then I saw that there was another deer behind him, and there were two deer there. And I was just like, what is going on? So out of curiosity and everything, I just decided to take a picture. And it was three-year-old. I thought yeah, maybe it was, you know, my cousins, because I had just come from Peggy's, and, and I was kind of, like, asking for a sign, and I took this picture, random picture, up in the sky, you know, and I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, oh, there's nothing there, Peg. I'm sorry. I just I took all these pictures. And then I noticed there were these blue dots in my picture. And so I was just like, well, that's weird. I guess it was just, like, a reflection of the light or something. And I looked close. I zoomed in on my camera, and I saw three orbs. I, no, yeah, three orbs, right? Three or four. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, actually there were four. One was hard to distinguish the other two. Yeah. It yeah. looked like, so, I'm telling you, Sandra, it looked like Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. And my daughter's face stood right out in the middle. Mm-hmm. It, even wow. to the point where I posted it, and one of her friends that normally doesn't talk to me in here saw it, she goes, oh, my God, that was Meg. And yeah. then my husband's face was on the other side. It looked like a, 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 a picture of Mush, Rush, Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. And that was and probably your my husband. It, yeah. My husband wasn't a guy that hung out in bars or did anything. Once a year, he would go in the woods and go deer hunting because we have an overpopulation here, and they asked you to do it. But he was a hunter. And so that was significant, I think, a sign like, okay, there's deer. Because I, Melissa lives up the street from me, but I live on property where there is deer. Hers isn't, okay? And it's unusual. And it happened, and she took the picture because of the deer, and then their faces were there. Yeah, right in my front wow. yard. <laughs> in her front yard. So these yeah. are so many, um, like I said, you know, we have pictures, we have beyond. I should call that site Beyond the Orbs or something because yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. The television, I don't know, Sandra, if you got to see that. That was my daughter's birthday was September 1st. Mine was the 7th. It started on her birthday, ended on mine. The day of my birthday, I said, I've had it with this TV going on and off. As I took yeah. the video of it to prove people, I'm sitting here waiting. It was on. It was off. Each time there was a message when it came back on on a commercial. I said, that wow. was the day I was supposed to film it. So it's all like being in the right place at the right time. And I do, I just want to tell my listeners too, I do the rational thing. I call cable. Come out, something's going on. Could you check things out? Everything was fine. Anytime anything mm-hmm. happened, I've had light shows here. I've had the TV. This is my TV's been fine since. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's happened around different things, and now it's kind of another sign, you know. And I'm understanding it now. The um, touch lamp that was going on and off—that's another story. It's all going to be in my next book coming out. Uh, I have a lot more stories to tell you, and and they're not stories. It's real life occurrences, the events, you know, and uh, of the signs, and it's. Pretty powerful. So, Sandra, we we're, we got about ten minutes. Tell us more about <clears throat> now your book uh, that you have out is, is on Amazon, available in bookstores. Uh, you have another book coming out, from what I understand, right? No, not yet. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. Um, okay. First of all, if <laughs> a couple things, if you go to we don't die dot com, that's my uh-huh. main website, and uh, there's so much other stuff that I've done looking for the proof of life after death, you can download Uh for free that grief audio, and you can also download for free the first few chapters of my book. So I want to pass that on to your listeners that you have that free and available. And, of course, Mm -hmm. there's a link there if you want to buy the book on Amazon. You'd love it. I think so. Also, I had a really cool thing happen um, because there is that video that I talked about. I had a reader who was an atheist who's also a cameraman who's filmed um, Emmy Award-winning television shows. He read the book really curious, like, what could this be in here that this woman claims that she knows life after death is real? Well, he said it brought him from being an atheist to a believer. He flew to Massachusetts, where I live, spent two days with me, and he says, Sandra, not everybody's going to read a book. What can we put in a movie that can change people's lives? 
So he recorded wow. a film called We Don't Die, documenting a skeptic's discovery of life after death. So that's on my oh, website, awesome. too. You do, you do have to pay for that. It's four ninety nine. but he gave his time. And I don't care. I want it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's on there. Yeah, and it's 50 minutes, <clears> and it's really good. You think you got the goosebumps from this conversation. You'll get them from seeing that. <laughs> what I oh. have in my heart that hasn't... Uh, surface yet is I, I learned that we lose 20 to 25 of our veterans every day to suicide here in the United States and that's not okay with me and I don't have all the answers but I do know that soldiers whether they're coming back from uh, Iraq or wherever there is a such mm-hmm. thing as the post-traumatic stress disorder there's also things yeah. like you know in the service we are nurtured, we have a uniform, we are fed. So many people mm-hmm. are looked up to because of their rank. And then when they're, they're out in the real world, that they call it, they lose all of that. So there's grief that happens. And so I want to do some research and see what can I offer both families of the military and people in the military um, that can connect some of the grief with the changes that they go through when they leave the service in hopes that it might save some lives. Sandra, I mean, literally, there's another. Yes. There, there's a synchronicity for us. My husband lost his life. He was in Vietnam. He contracted Agent Orange diabetes. It was proven. Oh I am still after. Eight years fighting the government, they owe us money. I had to pay for funerals, two funerals out of pocket for nine months. I'm still trying to pay off. They were supposed to help toward that. It was proven he had this. Um, he's been gone just four years in, in April. Uh, I, he had to retire from his job at the school after 30 some years because of it. it. They were only giving him, he got his pension, but he was getting 20% only from the government, which he was entitled to 100. So you and uh-huh. I need to talk again because I am a very big advocate of what they're doing to these service guys in, in that form also, in that way. These people yeah. have died serving their country years after from contracting things like this, and it it hurt the family too. I mean, he started very young with the diabetes because, of, and it was proven was caused from the Agent Orange. So that's something you and I should talk about because um, that you oh, you just yeah, that's something yep. that's very and close to my heart. All, I don't have it all figured out, and I mm-hmm. do know that it, it, there's something in my grief chapter and how to survive grief that really resonates with people and if if mm-hmm. I can make some connections and like I said even save one life. I've met a lot of people that have lost loved ones to suicide and it's it's mm-hmm. dealing with the service and the, and there's something. So that'll be right. probably my next project. And there is also something brewing about writing something for children and loss and who we really are and you know the purpose right. of life. And um, I don't have that figured out either, but I figured when it and when it's ready, um, I'll uh, start writing. So that's what's going I on. I had wished there Plus was a the book. My daughter, I don't know if you knew, I'm a grandmother. My daughter had two children. They're healthy. They were four and seven when she passed. And I could not f- – hello? Yes. Is anybody there? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, my, well, yeah, my board kind of went down again. I don't know what's going on here. Melissa, you still there? Yes. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I did could not find the appropriate grieving group for children that had lost a mother at four and seven. I needed someone I needed something for the siblings uh of my children, my other kids, 
one having the disease at the time when he lost a sister, the, the grandchildren. And I think that is important, very important. That That's a wonderful thing to do, Sandra. I think you're on something there, onto something, because mm-hmm. we. I didn't know how – I had to handle it from the adult perspective. But I was also trying to look through their eyes because I lost my parents when I was 39 and 40, not 4 and 7. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how do I talk to these kids about this? How do I how do I do this? So I think that's that is two really great things that you're doing. I also have mm-hmm. friends that had were in the service with my husband that are going through the post traumatic stress now that are sick, and um, I think it's wonderful what you're doing, Sandra. You you really made my night in this past two hours. You touched on things that nobody Aww. really touched. Seriously. You really have, and, and and you've taught. I like you. I learn each show, but tonight I really did learn quite a bit. Thank you so much for that, Melissa. How do you You're feel? Welcome. I mean, yeah, amazing. I feel, like, I feel like she changes our perspective because she's she has such a positive outlook on everything and is so well mm-hmm. educated on life after death and you know even the afterworld and spirit world and I don't know. I just I love that you look through everything through a positive viewpoint and a positive lens. I feel like it offers so much to the world. Thank wow. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, well, that, and trust that everything phenomenal. is doing the same thing. So we're, we've now made a connection, and mm-hmm. together, you know what, let's do this. I don't know when it's going to be, but we'll get on mm-hmm. a flight sometime, and we'll do a, okay. a seminar together with lots of people. Okay, we'll okay. you'll have to sedate so. me probably, we'll but we'll do it. <laughs> I'll hold your hand. <laughs> We'll What's that song? Do, 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 die, die, die. I got to be sedated. <laughs> yeah, we'll take baby but, steps. Baby steps. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, but you know, the way you put awesome? it, and, it, and it's encouraging to, to change the world. And, yes, we're changing it through the shows and our books, but we need to get out there further, you know. And um, these were the baby steps, the shows and the books. And now we need to, to speak to people face-to-face and let them see What's behind the uh, the camera? You know, what's yeah, behind we can the. Have a lot of fun in the process. Oh, I would love really that. If you don't mind, with a walker, I'm still ready to get going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna yeah. decorate your walker for you. Oh, great! Laughter. Great. I'm gonna bring it up for you for your trip. Oh, okay. Well, listen, ladies, <laughs> we're down to the last All few right. minutes. I've got some announcements I want to make. And Sandra, I God bless you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. You can go to her You're archives welcome. and hear me, Sandra. If you'd like to tell your site again, uh, where they can we find your book, die. please do. Oh, sorry. If anybody wants to just all of it, we don't die radio dot com, and there's a link to download my book and my CD and or my audio and also Peggy's interview and a whole bunch of others. We don't die radio.com. Um, and there's lots to explore there. So start. Yeah. There. And we can always go back after my show. My show is usually immediately archived and we had no disturbances really tonight. Like the last two no, shows. I'm sorry good. about that. Yeah. We, well, you know what? I'm doing it through the phone again. I'm not doing it through the board because both times I did and we had problems. So, mm. so I guess the phone is the way to go. And um, so uh, I just want to make some announcements. Um, you know, my show is Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. Sandra's book is out there, the same name. Uh, you know, We Don't Die. Uh, my book, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug. I am the uh, author. Melissa is the editor. Melissa is also an editor, by the way, yes. and a teacher. And I have uh, Josie Varga, who had cerebral palsy, also an author on the same subject. She will be on the show next Tuesday night. 
and some other upcoming guests. And uh, Sandra, I just thank you. You you have really I'm in awe. You have really inspired me tonight. Thank you again for that. She's amazing. And I can't wait <laughs> to see thank the video. You. So. And good luck with your show and books, and let's put our heads together, and let's do some more for uh, for the world. Yes. Okay? Love it. Okay, guys. All right. Uh, good night, ladies. Good night, a- listeners. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Okay. God bless everybody. We're down to less than a minute. I just want to say we're signing off from Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us, and um, have a great week. Okay. Good night, Melissa, and good night, Sandra. Good night. Good Thank night. you. Okay. Good night, callers. Bye-bye.